Amen. That he has done for us in our lives. Hallelujah. So, Lord, at this time, we say thank you. Thank you. We say thank you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Uh, if you will, grab your Bibles. If you need a Bible, we do have a few over there on the stand there. Amen. Grab your Bibles, and I want you to turn with me. Praise the Lord to the book of Acts, chapter number 13. The book of Acts, chapter number 13. Amen. Again, Acts chapter number 13. We're going to start at verse number 1. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The living... Uh, Acts chapter 13 and verse 1. Amen. We'll, we'll read through it here. We're going to read through it. Yeah, just follow along with me. We'll read through it. Amen. Verse 1 says, um, hey, Gabriel, go over there. Now, there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers. As Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and oh, Lucius, and Cyrenae, and Manon, which had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Verse 4 says, So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia. Amen. Notice who sent them forth. The Holy Spirit. They were being led by the Spirit of God. And from thence they sailed to Cyprus. Verse 5. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. What did they preach? The word, the the word of God. God. In the synagogues of the Jews. And they had also John to their minister. Verse 6. And when they had gone through the Isle of Patphos, they found a certain sorcerer. A false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar-Jesus, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. Amen. There are people who desire to hear the word of God of God. Amen. And we have people who are not preaching the word of God. Amen. Verse 5 told us they preach the word of God, right? Then you have this deputy. He is a, like a governor. Amen. A high-ranked individual who's desiring to hear the word. Praise the Lord. Wouldn't that be something if the mayor of Kansas City would get saved? Praise the Lord. Wouldn't that be something if the president of the United States would get saved? Praise the Lord. People in authority. Hallelujah. If they had the power and the spirit of God to guide them. Hallelujah. My God, our lives will be much better. Hallelujah. But my God, I'm so glad that we don't have to put our faith in man. Hallelujah. But we put our faith in the word of God. Hallelujah. My God, because it's the word, hallelujah, that encourages us. It's the word, hallelujah, my God, that picks our spirit up when we're feeling a little faint. Hallelujah. It's the word that encourages us to keep on moving on. Hallelujah. When we feel like we want to stop sometimes. Hallelujah. My God, when we feel like God not with us, it's the word of God that encourages us to remind us. Hallelujah. That we can look towards the hills from which cometh our help. Hallelujah. My God, it's the word of God. Hallelujah. That will even clean us up. Praise the Lord. When we are dirty on the inside. Hallelujah. We need the word of God. The word. 
The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Hallelujah. My God, anybody glad that this Word is God? Hallelujah. Yes, we don't worship the book. We don't worship the pages. Hallelujah. And we worship the pages, praise the Lord. Uh, I have about five gods because I owned about five different Bibles. Praise the Lord. Amen. But this Word is God. What do we mean by the Word is God? This is the character of God. Hallelujah. This is the love of God. Hallelujah. My God, this is the identity of God. Hallelujah. When you read this Bible, it gives you all of that stuff. Hallelujah. So I'm so glad that the word of God satisfies our souls. Hallelujah. My God, the word even encourages us to pray. Hallelujah. My God. And when you pray, my God, you can feel much better in your spirit about what's going on in your life. Praise the Lord. You can feel much better in your spirit about situations that are arising or that are will rise. Hallelujah. My God, because you got faith in God Almighty. Hallelujah. My God, we got to have the faith of God. Hallelujah. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please him. Amen. amen. This word right here is also, amen, tells us about the death of God. Hallelujah. The resurrection of God. Hallelujah. My God, it shows the power of God. Thank you, Jesus. My God, Paul said in the Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Hallelujah. My God, this gospel can touch anybody who's willing to come to God to be saved. Hallelujah. My God, this word of God. Hallelujah. This gospel, it can reach people where they are. Hallelujah. If you down in the deep. The gospel can pick you up. Hallelujah. And if God got to reach way down and pick you up, how many know he'll reach way down? Amen. Praise the Lord. My God. Hallelujah. There's hope for you in this world. Yes. Amen. We got the, this word tells us that we must change our life. Amen. We must change our life. We must put off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. All right. Praise the Lord. We must put off the works of darkness. Yes. Put on the armor of light. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. So we thank the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. My God who watches over us. Hallelujah. And if you need to be satisfied in your spirit, how many know God can wash you clean? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. David said, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My God, the Roman, I mean, uh, John, I believe it was chapter 15. Let me turn there. Let's turn there. John chapter 15. I believe it's chapter 15. John chapter 15 and verse number 3. John 15 and verse number 3. Amen. We need to understand that the word of God is the bread of life. Hallelujah. And the bread of life, when you eat it, it gives you life. Hallelujah. The scripture says, they that thirst and hunger after righteousness shall be filled. Hallelujah. Come on and talk to me. Hallelujah. John chapter 15 and verse 3. John 15 and verse number 3. says, now ye are. Everybody got that? Yeah, John 15 and 3. Hmm? Uh, John. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, it would be. Yes, sir. Yeah. And three. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. Everybody can't. Everybody can't be quick finding the scriptures. Amen. We're all right. Chapter fifteen and verse three. All right. Read with me. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. You're clean through what? The word. You clean through the word that I have spoken unto you. Amen. He said, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the what? In the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. See, the word gives us our 
See, Jesus gives us our fruit. The Bible encourages us to live a fruitful life. Amen. It says that if you don't, if you don't bring forth good fruit, you're going to be cast into the furnace. Praise the Lord. We must bring forth good fruit. But in order to bring forth good fruit, you have to be attached to the good vine. Amen. Or the roots, right? The vine itself cannot bring... If you have an apple tree, if a limb fall off the apple tree, that limb or that branch cannot provide fruit on its own, can it? It has to come out of the roots. It, it starts at the root. Praise the Lord. That's why Jesus is our foundation. That's why the scriptures say we must be rooted and built up in him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My God. Thank you, Jesus. When you're rooted in Jesus, hallelujah, he's flowing through you. Praise the Lord. Amen. And how a tree works, amen, a tree makes its own food. It produces its own fruit. Praise the Lord. And what happens is the roots go into the ground to find water. Praise the Lord. In order to get the Holy Spirit, which the Bible says shall be in us, a well of water springing up into everlasting life, you got to be in Jesus. When you get in Jesus, he provides that water, the fruit. He provides the water. Now, the water is the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Now, the roots go down natural trees. The roots go down and find water. And the roots drink up the water. Praise Amen. the Lord. Amen. And the roots travel that water through its roots up through, hallelujah, whatever you want to call it, the trunk. Praise the Lord. And then it goes through the trunk and it goes out to the branches and the leaves and the leaves the fruits are produced from. He said you cannot produce fruit on your own. You cannot produce righteousness. On your own. Amen. Y'all with me? People want to try to be righteous without being in Jesus. Amen. People are religious, but that ain't being righteous. Amen. Hmm? Being religious is not being righteous. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you want to be righteous, you have to get in Jesus. Amen. When you get in Jesus, he will fill you with the Holy Spirit. If you repent, Amen. be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins, the scriptures say you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let me say that again. If you want to be saved, the Bible says repent. Let me turn from your sins. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That's going to wash away your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Holy Spirit is what's important. When you have the Holy Spirit, praise the Lord, you're on your way to heaven. But a lot of people are religious and think they have the Holy Spirit. Being religious and going to a church don't make you saved. Amen. 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 There's a lot of people who are religious and they ain't saved just as this floor is saved. Amen. 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 No lifestyle has changed. Praise the Lord. Salvation calls for change. Praise the Lord. Salvation calls for a different lifestyle. A different conduct. Praise the Lord. Now, if you want to be righteous and have fruit unto righteousness, you have to get in Jesus. Now, Jesus said in John 15, verse four, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Y'all with me? The branch can't bear fruit by itself. If that branch is alone, it cannot bear fruit. It has to be connected to what? The vine, Jesus. which is Jesus. So let's talk about us. You yourself, we are branches. Amen. Amen. We're rooted and built up in Jesus, but we are branches. You a branch. You a branch. I'm a branch. Praise the Lord. We can't bear fruit of righteousness on our own. Amen. The branch has to be connected to the root. Amen. Amen. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, a kid song that said it's called and the green grass grows all around all around and the green grass grows all around y'all heard that song before <laughs> said there was a hole there was a hole down in the ground down in the ground the prettiest hole the prettiest hole that you ever did see that you ever did see 
And the green grass grows all around, all around. The green grass grows all around, all around. And the green grass grows all around. And in that hole, and in that hole, there was a tree. There was a tree. The prettiest tree that you ever did see. And the tree and the hole and the hole in the ground and the green grass grows all around, all around, and the green grass grows all and on that tree there was a branch, the prettiest branch that you ever did see. Oh, and the branch on the tree and the tree and the hole and the hole in the ground and the green grass and you keep going. It goes all the way to there's a there's a there's a uh, um a bird, there's a there's an egg in the nest, and a nest on a branch, and a branch on a tree, and a tree in the hole, and the hole in the ground. But my point is this. The branch is connected to the tree. The tree holds the roots, right? So it's all connected one with another. Praise the Lord. We, as the branch, amen, we can't bear fruit by ourselves. We have to have Jesus Christ. We got to have the root. We have to have the vine. Amen. And that's what Jesus means here by verse four. It says, you cannot, uh, he says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. Amen. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do what? Nothing. You can't do nothing without Jesus. You can't be holy without Jesus. You can't be righteous without Jesus. So why are all these people claiming that they're righteous or trying to be righteous, but they ain't got in the vine? Amen. In order to get in the vine, you must obey Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Repent, Amen. be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift. Of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter number 5. Um, and verse number. Uh, Let's go to verse 22. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. Amen. Galatians 5 and 22. So uh, Galatians 5 and verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit. Now we're talking about bearing fruit, right? He said you cannot bear fruit unless you're connected to what? The vine. Okay. Now, what is the fruit? Amen. Here's the fruit. We're about, uh -uh. We're about to read about what the fruit is. We, we can produce the fruit, right? We the branches. The branch produced the fruit, right? Now, here's the fruit. But the fruit, hold on one second. Um, the fruit, it, it means the result, the product, or the outcome Amen. Or the effect produced by the spirit in the believer's life. That's what the fruit is. So when we read this, if people don't have these items that these uh, uh the fruit, these nine fruit of the spirit, if people don't have this, it must be they must they may not have the Holy Spirit. Because when you have the Holy Spirit, these things are produced in you by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is Jesus, and Jesus is the what? Vine. Amen? Watch this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Okay? Let's break these down in threes. Love, joy, peace. Those are attributes that you will have in life. Okay? Love, you have joy, you have peace. The next thing, that's the attributes you have in life. The next three we're going to read is how we should be toward people. Okay? 
how you should be toward other individuals. Amen. The next three is long suffering. That means patient. Gentleness. Hmm. People ain't gentle nowadays, are they? Huh? They're not. They're, they're, not, they're not kind. Kindness. People aren't kind nowadays. If people are not kind, they may not have the Holy Spirit. Because when you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit helps you to produce these fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Notice that's why they're called the fruit of the Spirit. Not the fruit of the individual, but the fruit of what? The Spirit. So in order to bear this fruit, you have to have what? The Spirit. And that Spirit is Jesus. And Jesus is what? The vine. Amen. Love, joy, peace. Next three. Long suffering. That's patient. You got to be patient with people. Amen. Gentleness. I mean, you got to be kind. Goodness. You got to be good to people. Amen. Huh? Yes. The next three is how we are with God. Faith. Meekness. Temperance. Amen. Faith, amen, meekness, temperance. So here, faith is uh, dependability. Meekness is, says gentleness, that is courtesy and consideration of one's relations with others. Temperance is self-control, that is the ability to harness and control one's passions or lusts. Amen. Amen. Let's go. Let's go back up here real quick about love, joy, peace. Let's let's read these nine again. I'm gonna give you a definition. Amen. <laughs> love is the willing sacrificial giving of oneself for the benefit of another without the thought of return. That's agape love. Agape love. Y'all heard of that word before, right? Agape love. Right. Agape. That's the love of God. You're doing something for someone not expecting anything in return. Amen. Praise the Lord. Right? Now we got joy. Joy is the gladness of heart. Peace. That's tranquility of mind. Freeing one from worry and fear. Amen? Freeing one from worry and fear. There's a lot of worry that go on in the world, ain't it? Amen. But when you have the Holy Ghost, he helps to control that. There's a lot of fear that happens with us, right? Fearful about many things, right? Yeah. I mean, even if it's something as simple as, hey, I want to start a business. There's fear that come, right? Amen. Well, it may not work. It may not do. I don't have the knowledge. There's fear. Amen. Yeah. Uh, fear of, uh, uh, of many things in this world. COVID. Oh, yeah. COVID-19. Mm -hmm. Amen. People fear that stuff, right? Amen. But the Holy Spirit calms us, gives us peace. Long-suffering. That's patient with others. The opposite of a short temper. People that got a short temper, they're not temperate. They're not long-suffering. Hmm? They got a short temper. Well, I just got a quick trigger. Well, you need the Holy Ghost to check you in. Amen. Long-suffering. That means you got to be patient with people. Put up with them. Now, there are times where your patience may run out, right? But the fact is that you were long-suffering. You yeah. suffered long with them, right? You were patient with them. Yes. Just like God is long-suffering, but then his patience even run out. Amen. Amen? Patient don't mean that you're going to stay that way the whole time. Amen. It just means you putting up and dealing with it. Amen? But not quick-triggered. A disposition quietly... Gener uh, gen gen um, let's see here. Gentleness. That's kindness. Goodness is generosity. Faith it means dependability. Meekness is gentleness. That is courtesy of consideration of one's relationships with others. And temperance is self-control. That is the ability to harness the controls, one's passions and lusts. Amen. Amen. So this is the fruit of the spirit. He said, uh, verse 23, meekness, temperance against such. There is no law. 
Because it ain't no law against these things. Ain't no law against these things. Praise the Lord. Why? Because we're walking in the Spirit. Look at verse, uh, same chapter, chapter 5. Go back to verse 16. Watch this. Go back to verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the what? The flesh. Walk in the what? Walk in the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the vine. You got to abide in Him. If you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. Then He goes on to tell us about what things the flesh has, praise the Lord, that people are involved in that they should not be involved in. Amen. That's verse 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. So that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Amen. Your flesh is fighting against your spirit. Your spirit fighting against your flesh. It's a battle that's happening on the inside. Amen. Verse 18. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Hmm? See, the spirit governs you. Not the law, not the Old Testament. Amen. Amen. Not the law of Moses. We're not governed by the law of Moses anymore. Amen. But it's the spirit that governs us. That's why I said, but if you be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. Amen. Why? Look at verse 23 again. Against such there is no what? No law. Remember we read verse 23? Meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. He named the fruit of the Spirit and said, ain't no law against this stuff. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Go back to verse 18. But if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh, verse 19, the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Now he starts naming stuff that people are doing that are outside the will of God. Adultery, that's cheating on your spouse. Fornication, that means you're not married, but you're still having sexual relations with people. Amen. He said, what we at? Uncleanness. Uncleanness is sexual immorality. See, that's things you're doing that lead up to fornication. Uh, then he said, lasciviousness. Lasciviousness is sexual excess. Can't control your passion, just, just lustful, lasciviousness, just lustful, sexual, o overly sexual. Hmm? Like, uh, like prostitutes, right? Uh, people who are involved in pornographic videos and stuff like that, right? Lasciviousness. No, no, another definition of lasciviousness is no shame, no shame. Of public decency. No, you, don't, you don't care how you look in public. You'll flash everything you got to anybody that drives or walk by. Lasciviousness. Yeah. My bishop got a church in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. My bishop is uh, the pastor of that church there. He walked outside on a balcony one day. So behind the church, there's this wooded area, right? On the other side of the wooded area, uh, the wooded area probably about uh, maybe uh, 40 yards long, whatever. But on the other side of the wooded area, there is um, uh, houses. So the houses are up against the woods. Our church is up against the woods. The wooded area is divided, right? He walked out on the back. He walked out on the patio of the church one day and looked and saw a woman back in the woods, naked with a man, doing what they do. Amen. And he said... I could have sat there and just watched them the whole time if he wanted to. That's lasciviousness. No public decency. That makes sense? Lasciviousness. Sexual excess. All right, verse 20. Idolatry. That means that's the worship of a graven image, but putting one's chief affections. On any object or person instead of on God. Putting your chief affections upon anything to equal or above God. Amen. Witchcraft. Witchcraft is sorcery. 
that is tampering with the powers of evil. This will include dabbling in the occult. That hatred. Y'all know what hatred is, don't you? It's hateful. Hateful people. I hate you because your skin color brown. You got brown people that hate folks because their skin color white. Praise the Lord. Hatred. Uh, I guess a better way of saying that too is racism. That's hatred. Amen. People going to a church and they racist in their heart. You ain't going to heaven. That's a work of the flesh. Amen. Some of us brown-skinned people need to check ourselves too. It ain't just white folks that hate black or brown people. It's brown people that's hating folks too. It go both ways. Amen. Now we're prominent of seeing that because of uh, what the cops would do back in the 50s and the 60s and stuff like that. Praise the Lord. And, and water holes in us and dogs sick in us and, and slavery time and all that stuff. But you got people nowadays who are brown skinned that hate others. Amen. Yes. Hmm? Amen. Hatred. Work of the flesh. With Galatians chapter 5 verse 20. The middle of verse 20. Variance. That's the work of the flesh. Variance means strife or discord. Starting discord, strife. <coughs> Excuse me. Amen. You know what? Uh, this discord. Hey, Robert. That man James in the church. Mm. Don't you mess with him. He and James ain't did nothing but be good and nice to people. But Robert, the uh, he's spreading. Robert spreading uh, uh, rumors about Brother James. That's starting discord. Making sure, putting not, the church not together no more because of your mouth. Discord. Amen. Work of the flesh. That's variance. Emulations. Emulations means jealousy. Again, still at verse 20, middle of verse 20. Wrath. Wrath is explosive anger. Explosive anger. That's a different level than hatred. Wrath is explosive anger. That's the work of the flesh. Amen. I believe if you hate, if you got hate in your heart and you don't fix it, it can turn into wrath. Strife. Strife is selfish ambitions. Selfish ambitions. It's okay to be ambitious, right? But selfish ambitions. Let me give you an example. So we got some brothers here in the church. So we got a. Uh, Brother Nolan and Brother Gabriel, right? And they both, I'm the pastor of the church, but they both want to be the next pastor after I leave. So they both working hard and trying to impress me because they got selfish ambitions. Their, their, their ambition is not because they want to be in leadership to help others. Their ambition is I want to be in leadership for the power. So there's a struggle power between the two in their Fighting about who's going to be next in line. Praise the Lord. Selfish ambitions. Again, it's okay to be ambition, ambitious. The Bible says, he that desire the office of a bishop desire a good work. Okay, Desiring something, that means you're ambitious about it. That's okay. But when it's selfish ambitions, that's when it's a work of the flesh. You're doing it for your own personal gain. Amen. End of verse 20. Seditions. Amen. Seditions is discord. Disunion. Hmm? Dissensions. And dissensions means discord as well. All right. Heresies. Heresies are permanent, organized divisions or cliques. Y'all know what a clique is, right? <laughs> a group of people who get together and they, 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 they're a clique, right? So this got something to do with discord as well. This got to do with discord also. Divisions. See? Organized cliques. Well, you know what? Uh, this group of girls over here, we don't deal with them group of girls over there. But wait, ain't we all in the same church? 
This group of deacons don't deal with that group of pastors. Wait, ain't we all in the same church? Huh? Ain't we trying to win souls and get people saved together? Clicks. That brother right there, these two brothers here don't want to ever hang out with those three brothers over there. That's a click. That's a work of the flesh. Praise the Lord. You see that a lot in big churches. Unless the pastor's controlling it. So that's heresies, permanent organized divisions or cliques. Verse 21, we're going to close with this. Envyings, okay? Envying is jealousy, murders. Y'all know what murder is, don't you? Hmm? Murder. Taking, taking the life of a person. Hmm? Despiteful, taking, despitefully taking the life of a person. Now, there may be times where somebody unintentionally kill someone right maybe you ride in the car and somebody steps in front of the car while you're driving and you hit them if they die you didn't intentionally do that right amen so god judged the intent of the heart amen so murders drunkenness huh drunkenness drinking getting drunk praise the lord so when I was in the world, I used, I used to get what we call sloppy drunk. <laughs> oh, yeah, I used to drink. Yeah, I did. When I was in college, I wasn't even of age to drink, but I was doing it. <laughs> 18, 19, 20 years old, drink. You couldn't drink till you was 21. Oh, but we, fat, we got a hold of it. Oh, yeah, we got a hold of it. You know why? Other people buy it for us. <laughs> or they throw a party on campus. Or we go to a party, a house party or something. And, 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 hey, we got it. Praise the Lord. It might be $5 for it. They go in there, I give them 6 <laughs> Thank you for getting it for me. Some people get banned out of liquor stores because of how they act. And they get other people to go in there to buy for them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've seen it. We was down on 35th Prospect. D's Liquor. Yeah. People got banned out of D's Liquor. They're giving money to other people, so they go in there. They couldn't go in the store. They would yeah. give money to other people to go in there and buy for them. Yeah, we're the church. Go ahead. They got a new excuse. I mean, mm -hmm. They got a new building there now. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Right. Building looked nice, too. Right. See? Yeah. So, so um, people find a way to, to do what they want to do. Amen. They want to get drunk. They'll find a way to get drunk. Amen. Praise the Lord. Am I right about it? I know. Right. Look, I used, I, used to, I used to do it. Listen. But see, this is the thing. People need to know that's why Jesus died for us. Amen. I was a part of that group. Seriously. I couldn't even walk straight. Can I testify? Can I testify? Without y'all looking at me funny? Praise the Lord. If I testify, y'all ain't going to look at me funny, right? Y'all going to come at the church, right? Tell the truth. Listen, I was so drunk one time. I couldn't even walk straight. I was walking. I almost fell off the sidewalk. I said, yo. I had that red cup. We had went to a party. I had drunk so much. Had that red cup. I almost fell off the sidewalk when I was walking to the dorm room. I said, and I said to myself, this was went in my head. Whoa, this stuff's serious. Whew. I better be done with this. I said, well, I'm gonna take one more, I'm gonna take one more gulp, and then I'm gonna throw the rest of it out. Cause I was already drunk. I couldn't even walk straight. I said, I'm gonna take one more gulp and I'm gonna throw it out. And I took three more gulps. Look, threw the rest in somebody's yard and kept stumbling down the road. <laughs> kept stumbling down the road. Threw it in, look, littered in somebody's yard, threw the alcohol in somebody's yard, and stumbling on down the road. Praise the Lord. And you know what happened less than an hour later? I called Earl. Oh, man. Earl. My girlfriend at the time was knocking on the bathroom door. Brandon, you okay? Brandon, you okay? Look, I'm trying to throw up. I'm trying to, I'm trying to throw up silently. No, she can hear me outside the door, right? 
I don't want her to hear me. Because I, I want, look, I was in sin. I didn't want her to hear me because I want her to give me a kiss. Who's going to kiss somebody who just vomited, right? <laughs> look, I'm telling you about what I went through and what was in my mind, right? I'm over there trying to throw it silently because I wanted her to kiss me. And, and, Brandon, you okay? You okay? Yeah, I'm good. Right? <laughs> you know I ain't getting no kiss either. Praise the Lord. Amen. Listen, that was, that was, and look, I wasn't seeing any, I wasn't seeing anyway. You, you don't need to, if you are not married, you shouldn't be kissing on people. Amen. I wasn't married. Just had a girlfriend. This is why we teach our young people. My, my, my bishop taught this to us, so we teach it because it worked for us. My bishop taught us that dating is for people who are ready to get married. If you are not ready to be married yet, you shouldn't date. Because all you're going to do, now we're talking about for people who want to serve God. All you're going to do is end up in the bed. You ain't married. Now you're going to find yourself fornicating. Because you dating and you hugging and you touching and you kissing. See? So my bishop told us, hey, ain't no need for y'all to date. Y'all young. Ain't no need for y'all to date unless you're ready to get married. Dating is getting to know the person. Amen. Amen. And, and after I got saved, when well, me and my wife started dating, guess what? I didn't even touch her. We didn't kiss. If we hugged, we probably hugged one time. And that was when church, that was in church when my bishop, he's always singing this song. Uh, I need you. Y'all know that? You need me. We're all a part of God's body. And he say, hey, we need each other. Everybody go around and hug your neighbor and tell him it is his will that every need be supplied. You are important to me. I need you to survive. Amen. That's a beautiful song. And he said, go hug, go hug your neighbor. Tell him, I need you to survive. I need you to survive. And I remember vividly at times when he would do that, I would make sure when me and my wife were dating, I would make sure I did not hug her. God didn't want to mess up, right? I didn't want to mess up. And when the brothers hugged the girls, we gave them the church hug. We didn't say, oh, come here, baby. No, we get, just put the arm around the, yep, get a little pat on the back. <laughs> Hug them on the side. I remember that. No, <laughs> praise the Lord. There's a way to hug your sisters in the church, brothers. And sisters, there's a way to hug your brothers in the church. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I never touched my wife. I, I didn't even hold her hand. Amen. I mean, one time we were sitting in the car talking. I wanted to hold her hand, but I was like, you know, the Bible says it's good for a man not to touch a woman. And I saw a fingernail, and I started pushing on her fingernail. <laughs> I remember doing that, but I never actually held her hand. Amen. But see, that was me trying to dibble and dab, right? See, I wanted to do that then, hold the hand later, and then that could have led to something else, right? She probably don't even remember that, but I do because I was the one doing it. <laughs> Amen. But we didn't kiss. Me and my wife, when we dated for the what, six months we dated, we didn't hug, we didn't kiss, we didn't hold hands. And people say, that's crazy. That ain't crazy. That's holy. <laughs> Amen. First Corinthians chapter seven, verse one. He says, it's good for a man not to touch a woman to avoid fornication. Amen. To avoid fornication. Praise the Lord. So that was a little bit of my testimony. Amen. That was my testimony. Praise the Lord. So drunkenness ain't no thing for God. God can fix it. I even believe God can deliver. Look, if you don't believe it, oh, look, I'm standing proof here that he can. He did it for me, he'll do it for you. He did it for me, he'll do it for you. Yeah, he did it for me, he'll do it for you. Praise the Lord. Verse 21, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings. Amen. We're almost done here, y'all. Revelings means excessive eating or glutting, as well as carousing. Hmm? Carousing. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also involved carousing is like uh, being involved in uh, parties. Hmm? And what people do at parties? Excessive eating, excessive drinking, 
Amen. Just partying. Revelings. Amen. I believe I read somewhere, too, where it said revelings also include masking and dancing. Praise the Lord. Masking. Dance. That's why we don't do uh, we don't do miming in the church. People come and want to get to work and want to do stuff for God and say, do y'all got a praise dance ministry? Nope. And we ain't going to have one. Y'all got a mime ministry? Nope. And we ain't going to have one. Amen. We're not. Praise the Lord. That stuff is demonic. Praise the Lord. We'll talk about that another day. Work of the flesh. He said, what was that? Verse 21. Uh, revelings and such like. Now, look, he didn't even finish naming stuff. He named 17 things from verse 19 through 21. He named 17 works of the flesh. 17 of them. We just went through all of them, gave you definitions for each one. 17 works of the flesh. And then he said, and the such like. He didn't even name everything. He said anything that's even similar to this stuff. <laughs> Ain't that so? Huh? Well, well, he just named 17 of them. It's look, look, the Bible says this. The Bible says, listen, if, if everything Jesus did would have been written, the world wouldn't be able to contain the books because the book would be so big. If every sin in the Bible is written, we'll probably have the same issue. You can't list every single sin. That's why the Bible says you have to have the Holy Spirit, which is divine. He will guide you into all truth. Amen. Everything they didn't name. You're not going to find in the Bible, thou shall not smoke Newports. Right? You're not going to find in the Bible, thou shall not drink Jack Daniels. Right? Thou shall not dog fireballs. <laughs> right? But see, but see, it comes under the heading of something, right? Amen. You're not going to find... Thou should not smoke marijuana. You're not going to find that. Every sin is not written in the Bible. Right? But the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. So this is, he named the such light. Uh, it didn't say excessive. It just said don't do it. This, this, stuff, this stuff here said, this stuff here said don't do it. Right? He said drunken. Now there's a lot of people too that say, well, I can drink as long as I don't get drunk. That's a lie. That's a lie. You don't supposed to do it. Now, let me ask you a question, too. You may not know a person like this. Do you know one person who drink to not get drunk? That's the whole point. That, exactly. The whole point is to get drunk. So why consume it? You consume it because you want to get drunk. All right. Now, here go another example. Watch this. A person who's never drunk alcohol before, right? Well, let's talk about fairness. Let's talk about fairness. A person who's never drunk alcohol before, right? Maybe, let's take me for an example. Talk about me so y'all don't get mad. <laughs> when I used to drink, I, my drink used to be that uh, 1800, that vodka 1800. That was my drink. Now, watch this. When I used to drink, I can drink one beer and I won't feel a thing. But a person, let's take this for an example. Let's compare me to another person and talk about fairness with judgment with God. A person who's 90 pounds, five feet tall, never drunk a day in their life. We give them one Budweiser. Don't you think they're going to be drunk? They're going to be drunk. But then you give me one Budweiser and I don't feel drunk, right? We both die and go for judgment before God. God sent me to hell. I mean, God sent me to heaven because I wasn't drunk, but sent her to hell because she was drunk. Is that fair? We both had the same amount of drink, right? We both had one Budweiser, right? But one of us go to hell and the other one go to heaven? How is that fair? That's not fair. That's not a fair judgment. The reason that I was not drunk was because I was used to drinking. Right? The reason she is drunk is because she had never drank before. 
but we both died and we're going to different places. No, that ain't fair judgment. If it's the speed limit 35 and you going 60 and I'm going 60, my car yellow and your car red, we both get the same ticket, don't we? Right? That's fair. We're going, it don't matter, it don't matter the color of the car or how many pounds the car was. It don't matter the color of the person or how many pounds the person is. If you drink, you get judged as being drunk. That makes sense? That's fair judgment. So some people say, you can drink as long as you don't get drunk. And that's why we, that's why we open that door. We open that door because of the... I know. Yeah, go ahead and open that door, Nolan. That's why we open it up. We at the mercy. We don't got no thermostat. The people across the hall got the thermostat. Yeah, we, we don't do that on purpose. <laughs> the people over there next door, they got the thermostat. And so whatever they leave it on Friday, we at the mercy of it on Sunday. So if we could turn it off, I would. But that's why we that's why we open that door to get the breeze in here when we get warm. Yeah. Uh, let's finish this up. We'll close. Uh, verse 21. Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings and such like of the which I tell you before. As I have also told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. They that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. He just named these sins and said, if you're doing them, you cannot make it into the kingdom. But the mercy of God is this. If you die that way, you can't make it into heaven. You're still living today. If you make a decision today to turn your life to God and to make a change, he can fill you with the Holy Ghost and you can be on your way to heaven. Amen. That's the love of God. That's why God died for us. Amen. He died and shed his blood so that we can be saved. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He got on the cross for you because he had you on his mind. Amen. Hallelujah. That's the love of God. He got on the cross and laid down his life and said, it is finished, praise the Lord, because he wanted you to have salvation. Right. Praise the Lord. Love. That is, and that's exactly right, love. There's a song somebody made that said, it wasn't the nails that held him to the cross, but it was love. Praise the Lord. It was love that held him to the cross. Amen. And he was thinking about you. So if you want to be saved, and if you want your sins forgiven, this is what you must do in order to have your sins forgiven. You must repent. That means to turn from your unrighteousness. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The baptism in his name washes away every sin that you've ever committed. Amen. Let me say that one more time. We'll close. If you want your sins washed away, I don't care what you've done in life. God can forgive you. Amen. All you have to do is get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Some people say, well, I've already been baptized. Well, some people have been baptized incorrectly. They were baptized in titles, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. You must be baptized in the name of the one that died for us. And what's his name? Jesus. Jesus. You must be baptized in Jesus' name, and that will wash away every sin that you've ever committed. I don't care if you're a drunkard. I don't care if you're a homosexual. I don't care if you're a lesbian. I don't care if you're a murderer. I don't care if you're an adulterer or idolater. It don't matter what sins got you wrapped up Amen. And tied up. God wants to untangle you and set you free. And he said, get baptized in my name and I'll wash away every sin you've ever committed. And if you repent, which is turning from those sins, he'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. And that Holy Ghost is the vine that helps us to bring forth fruit. Amen. God bless you. And may heaven smile upon you in Jesus name.